welcome to the Friday, not actually afternoon, but the Naptime Show, streaming live to all of your favorite platforms, including LinkedIn and YouTube. And I think I'm actually even, uh, may have even gotten uh, Instagram to work right now. I don't know. Oop, forgot to hit the button. Well, if it's, uh, if it's on Instagram right now, then they just missed my intro. Sorry. Maybe next time. This is a work in progress. We're on second episode here. Hi there. It's Jeff. I'm, uh, I'm back. Let you see my face. Uh, good to see you all of you. Uh, any of you that tune in live or that tune in after the fact, uh, this is just a little thing that I do. Uh, every Friday when uh, my son goes down for a nap, I decide to hop on to a LinkedIn Live. And by every, I mean I did it last week. I'm doing it now. So baby's napping, uh, and it's earlier than the afternoon, but we're here. So uh, today, I don't have a guest. I'm actually doing a solo episode because uh, what I wanted to talk about was burnout because uh, I've been going through it lately, folks, I'm being real with you. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why, uh, and I'll talk about them, I guess. Um, but I just want to talk about burnout overall. Um, defining burnout, I don't think that's necessary. Hopefully, you'll know what it feels like. Uh, actually, hopefully, some of you don't know what it feels like. That'd be great. But most of us probably do know what it feels like being burned out. Um, you know, physically, you might feel run down. Maybe you got headaches. Um, maybe you just feel just completely exhausted in your body. Um, so physically, burnout can manifest in some pretty um, not great ways. Um, emotionally, though, I think burnout is, you know, emotionally, mentally, behaviorally, I think that's really where most of us, when we're feeling burned out, notice it the most. We're potentially more irritable. Maybe we're just zoned out and shut down. Um, we all respond to burnout in a lot of different ways. Um, retreating, you know, and and just not having, for me, when I feel burned out, I, I kind of get this feeling of like not having the resources available uh, that I need uh, just to, to be me, to do the things that I do, you know, um, I feel just like I don't, I, I'm running on empty, you know what I mean? Um, and I think when you're feeling that way, at least I know that when I'm feeling that way, the thing that really um, I find upsetting is that I'm just not able to show up. I'm not able to show up in all of the different areas of my life when I'm feeling burned out. I'm not able to show up professionally. That's like a, a pretty obvious one. Um, you know, when, when I've just been going from like Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, no break in between, uh, no time to catch my breath and think or take notes or, or clarify my thoughts. And you do that all week, you know, you pack yourself up back to back to back. And, uh, you know, that follows getting up in the morning, doing all the stuff you got to do. You know, for my case, it's, you know, taking my kids to school, uh, taking my uh, wife to work, um, you know, getting back in time, walk the dog, get in the chair, you hop on Zoom meetings all day. And then, you know, towards the end of the day, you just kind of got to do the whole thing in reverse. You go pick everyone up, you have dinner, you get bath time, people, you know, put everyone down to sleep and maybe get a few hours at night to yourself. And at least for me, because of um, my my sleep chronotype, I, I'm I'm a couple hours maladjusted from the normal um, sequence of events where you know kind of rise and fall with the sun. It's not me. Uh, I've delayed sleep phase onset, so I tend to be really wide awake between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. Like that time is when my brain is actually most active and most interested, even after a long day, really. So a lot of the times I get to that nine o'clock where I've been, you know, 
doing things all day, things expected of me. And I just kind of want to take that time for myself. So sometimes, very rarely, I'll, uh, I'll use that time for something leisurely and relaxing, maybe watch a movie or uh, TV or play some video games or something like that. But oftentimes I'm just using it to work on any of my, any of my number of different projects. Um, I have all different sorts of uh, side quests that I'm working on uh, outside of my main mission. Um, you know, main mission being a uh, professional keynote speaker. That's, you know, the thing I'm really trying to spend majority of my time focusing on as well as uh, the consulting work that I do with different clients in different capacities. Uh, some work in brand, uh, a lot of work in productivity through my uh, uh, company, Super Productive, that I partner with, uh, my partner, Sarah. And um, so that's like the main quest, but I have all these side quests, right? Like I have the podcast network that I'm trying to spin up and I'm trying to do that on like nights and weekends. I've got, um, you know, another company that I just launched. It's a sister company to Super Productive called Super Automated. Um, there's websites to build, there's social media profiles to put up, there's content strategies to create, there's copy to write, there's, uh, packages to, uh, to, you know, create the details for and all that sort of stuff. So I do a lot of that stuff at night because it's the only time I really feel like I have to get to those things for those side projects. And what inevitably happens is I wind up staying up too late and staying up too late. Then I'm getting up at the same early time and there's just less sleep. And, um, you know, because I have ADHD and I already have, issues with sleep and needing more sleep, um, you know, uh, to, to really function properly and to control and regulate my mood. Uh, it doesn't help. And this past week I, I really pushed it too far, too many days in a row. And man, yesterday I just, I just crashed. I, uh, I had to be in a bunch of things and, you know, I showed up, uh, did what I had to do, but I was, I was really feeling it behind the scenes. And, um, you know, I think the, back to the original point I was making here, which is that I think when you're really burned out, I think one of the first things, at least for me, that that I find upsetting when, you know, when I talk about not being able to show up is that I don't feel like the quality of my work is as sharp. It's not as creative. It's not as uh, visionary or forward thinking, which is kind of what I, I pride my work on. And um, that seems to be an issue. And then because I'm not showing up there, the sort of compounding effect feels like, well, maybe I'm not showing up at home enough. You know, I've got to show up as a husband, as a uh, father, as a son, as a son-in-law. I've got all these roles that I have to play outside of work. And many of you probably have something similar where you have, um, you know, people that are relying on you for different things and roles that you have to play. So it's tough because you get burned out in one place and there's a compounding effect to it. You know, you're your burnout that starts to manifest itself in physical and emotional symptoms causes you to not show up and perform as well somewhere, which compounds to make you not show up as well elsewhere. And then all of a sudden, you're just feeling like you're not showing up anywhere. Um, and you're just completely overwhelmed. Um, there's so many different reasons why people get burned out. And I think the discussion of burnout, I'm glad it's happening more often. It's happening all over the place. But I think, unfortunately, like a lot of things, there's not a lot of action being taken on it. And I think that's partly because we look at burnout the same way we look at almost everything as an individual problem, as like an individual failing, right? Like a person's inability to set boundaries or a person's inability uh, to take the rest and relaxation they need. You know, it's their fault they didn't use the vacation days. I think that sort of thing tends to be the narrative that despite the best intentions of the the, the work that's being done on burnout and all the research that comes out and all that, all of that is not saying, you know, it's on you. It's saying we have to change systems. We have to, 
uh, allow people to have the ability to be more flexible in their own schedules. Uh, we have to make sure that we're rewarding people for the work that they do. We have to have fair work environments and things like this. There's all of these different things that are coming out of the actual research. I'm reading a book right now called Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price, and it's freaking awesome. Um, but it, it very much falls in line with a lot of the other books I've read about this. Um, another one that jumps to mind is Do Nothing by Celeste Headley, uh, which I read twice last year. And in both of these books, it's really it's it's a call to sometimes do less, take on less, rest, relax, let your body recuperate, let your mind recuperate. And... Um, we I don't I don't know how much of an appetite there is broadly to recreate the culture to allow for such a thing. Um, I think more and more we're expected to have our phones on us, to be available, to be connected, um, to fill in every gap in the eight hour day. I mean, I think there's a lot of research to show that basically we don't do eight hours of productivity. But if you have an eight hour day of back to back to back to back zooms, even if you're not being productive, you are being engaged mentally, physically to being in these meetings. And that's very mentally taxing. Uh, and, that, and that's not even to go down the, the rabbit hole of, um, of folks like myself, ADHD, autism, where being in those meetings is an additional layer of having to exert the effort over our executive function to put on the mask, to show up, to be attentive, to be locked in, to be engaged, to smile. All of those things... Um, you know, that that's just a whole other source of burnout, right? So we all have our different things that are that are causing that to happen. But I think the real conversation around burnout that really needs to happen outside of like the self-care conversation, which is, of course, extremely useful. And we do have to all build systems for ourselves to manage and, and deal with uh, the environment that's going to push us to burnout. But I think we really also have to have a broader discussion about how this interlinks in with the, the broader system of um, living in a capitalist world where you never feel like you have enough and you do these side hustles because you're worried. You see all these layoffs. We talked about it last week, but you see all these layoffs and you're worried, well, will we have enough if one of us gets laid off or if one of us loses our job or whatever? Will we be able to have health care? Will we be able to this, that? So the burnout isn't just people wanting to work more or having an inability to say no for one reason or another, you know, unable to advocate for themselves. I think it's more the environment has made it very clear that sometimes you're not even safe to advocate for the boundaries you need. Uh, The environment's made it very clear that uh, if you do advocate for the boundaries you need, then somebody else is going to come in and work harder and take your spot, and then you're going to be without, and then you're not going to have enough for your rent or your health care or your food or whatever. So I don't know. I, um, I think a lot about these things, you know, when I'm going through my own burnout, I wonder how much of that is on me and my own, um, ambition to do so many different things and take on so many different things. Um, and, and, you know, not having the, um, I don't even want to call it discipline because it's, it's not like I choose to stay up late always. It's just, sometimes it just happens and the time blindness kicks in and then all of a sudden it's two o'clock. But, um, I think a lot about like how much of this burnout is, is kind of like self-induced and because I work for myself, like so much of it, you could say self-induced, right? But why do I, why do I build all of these businesses? Why do I um, want all of these streams of revenue or doing all of these things? And, and some of it comes down. I think a lot of it comes down for me to impact. I believe in a lot of the projects that I'm doing. I believe in all the projects I'm doing and I want to do these things because I want to help people. I want to, with all of the projects I'm doing, there's always something at the core of helping someone. But I think there's also the the part that's behind it, which is that 
you know, I have to exist in this world as we all do working. We have to figure out a way to feed our families and cover our mortgage and buy food and have a little leisure time. And I think a lot of the running towards more solutions is building my own safety net in the absence of a broadly available safety net. Um, there has been a real pushback against, you know, hustle and grind culture uh, in, in recent years. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I think it's an excellent thing. I haven't been a fan of that for quite some time since I burned myself out trying that. Realized very quickly that wasn't for me. Um, take a little sip of water here. Um, and there's a lot more people talking about how to have more of a work-life balance and how to show up in places in your life. Um, I think that's obviously really good. Uh, it's really good that that happens. But I don't see enough of a conversation where there, how should I say this? It doesn't seem like we're having the conversation in a way that leads towards building leverage for actual change around the factors that lead to burnout. Some of it's about the culture and how we, you know, lionize the 100-hour work week people. Uh, and this myth of meritocracy, the hard work pays off thing. I think we still, we we're still holding on to that a little too tightly, you know, in, in kind of broadly speaking. Um, and I think some of it comes down to a little bit, I think it comes down a little bit to, you know, the patriarchal, uh, uh, definitions of masculinity of hard work and like what that looks like and asking for help and admitting when you've gone too far and that you need a break. Like it's weak to stop or it's weak to need some time off or anything like that or weak to call out sick. Um, a lot of that is, you know, even despite your best efforts, it, it, even if you're the type of leader that tries to create a culture that's counter to that, um, there, a lot of this is so um, culturally internalized that we have a hard time thinking about taking off from work. I mean, I, I think about this stuff all the time. I think about um, uh, having balance in my life and self-care and I put parts of it in my book. Like I think of meditation. I think about all this stuff all the time. But the idea of me like not working for a day, I mean, like outside of like watching my kid for this day, um, the idea of like just taking off on a regular work day where I'm supposed to be working and like telling everyone that we've got to reschedule, it's like it's unheard of to think about that. And I think all of those things really contribute and they, they all bundle together to create this environment where burnout can exist. Um, so, look, I don't know what we do about it, but I guess if I'm going into solutions mode now that I've kind of laid out a little bit of what I think are some of the problems, um, I guess the first thing is, is that we have to model the behavior that we want other people to, uh, to uh, potentially change at a systemic level. And so that does fall a little bit on us individually. I think we also have to kind of find somewhere in some pocket of our society and our, in our professional worlds to create some sort of uh, collaborative leverage. You know, like there, owners of businesses, 
businesses that have shareholders, businesses that all businesses in, you know, this system have to move towards profit. You have to move towards maximizing profit. And a lot of times as the company grows and matures to a certain point, that's going to come at the expense of labor, right? You pay labor less or you outsource to a cheaper uh, outsource to cheaper labor, you make more profit because you're reducing expenses, right? So at a certain point, um, we need labor to kind of be in solidarity with one another, to have conversations about what a better company might look like. And hopefully we have leadership in companies that are open to that conversation because the way things are going, we I just can't imagine how we go from, and we talked about last week, the layoffs, like we can't go from this um, hyper growth mode to hyper cutting mode and expect everyone to just roll with the punches constantly, especially when the people who are catching the brunt of it are the ones who are the lowest on the totem pole. Typically they're the people that are going to be harmed the most by those sorts of decisions. Um, and they're often expected to work hard and push and grow and it, and it benefits primarily, you know, the, the benefits of that flow upward. And if everybody's operating as an Island and, um, you know, doesn't collectively, I mean, maybe I'm just talking about unions here. Maybe I'm just talking about the idea that like what we really need is, you know, unions got us weekends, unions got us, uh, out of child labor, unions got us out of all sorts of things. And, you know, maybe you're not a fan of unions, maybe you're, I don't know. But like, when I think about it, we need to do something that, doesn't just put the onus on each individual person that's going through burnout to feel as though if it's a failure of their own, when they're in a situation typically where the consequences of not pushing themselves that hard feel so dire and it feels so um, potentially dangerous to not be like that. Um, so I think, you know, on the one hand, I think as a leader, you know, we have to listen to people. We have to recognize the signs of burnout in our people. We have to try and, you know, not push to go so fast and so big that it causes people to sacrifice their own physical and mental and emotional health. Um, I think we have to just get, get a little more sober about what it is that we're all doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're listening after the fact or live, if you want to say something, go right ahead. Um, but these are just kind of some raw thoughts I'm having about burnout on a Friday while I'm, uh, you know, chilling while, uh, while baby's napping. I've just been having it because this week I was pretty burned out. Pushed it a little too far. So I'm going to try and get more sleep. I'm going to try and reorganize my schedule. I'm going to try and um, take some more time to actually unplug and relax and let go on weekends. Uh, these Fridays, uh, I've been doing it since my daughter was born. Um, and now she's off at school and I do it while my son is here. And um, it was meant to be a day completely off, a day where I don't think about work, a day where I spend time with, uh, with my children and get to really bond with them and connect with them and spend this time early with them. Um, and over time I found that it kind of kept creeping in that like when, you know, when they were playing or, or when either of them were playing and doing something, I was like, Oh, I have a free minute. I could check my email or I could do this, that, or the other thing. And, and, um, you know, even now this, this nap time show could be perceived as sort of like a trying to squeeze in more. Um, but here's how I'm kind of looking at this show is, uh, or, or just doing this exercise of jumping on live. The first is that, and, and probably the most important I would say is that by doing this, I'm trying to say, this is my one thing for Friday. This is the one thing I'll do while baby's napping. I'll do this one thing. Otherwise I'm just 
taking it off, relaxing and trying to give myself the space so I can be creative throughout the rest of the days that I work. Um, and I guess the second thing is I've, I've just wanted to do more live video, more video, more stuff like this. Sometimes guests, sometimes me talking. And, um, I don't know. Those are two reasons, the reasons why I got here today. So been here for about 20 minutes. I'm going to make this one a little bit of a shorter one. Uh, baby's napping a little early today. And um, I thought that I would just uh, jump on, talk a little bit about burnout, uh, postulate a bit, wax poetic, so to speak. Um, but if you're someone who's going through burnout, uh, you're not alone. It's happening to a lot of us out there. And sometimes it happens to those of us in a job, sometimes those of us who make our own job. Um, and, you know, you're not, no one's above it. Um, because we all got to survive in this and we all have a lot of responsibilities, no matter who you are. And I think it's important that we take a break. Sometimes I think it's important that we do the things we need to do for ourselves for self-care, whether that's talking to your therapist or going to the gym or whatever you need to relax and, and disconnect to give yourself that space. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it means making really big lifestyle changes. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm a city dude till I die. But like when I was really in the thick of it in the past couple of days, I was like, man, should I just move out to the suburbs, get a cheaper house? We just, you know, really cut expenses, just do less, relax, read, breathe in the fresh air. Um, and granted, I'm, again, I'm a city dude till I die. So uh, unlikely that I will be moving out of the city. But um, it's things like that. You think like, you know, what? what kind of changes need to happen so that I don't keep bumping up and taking into this. Um, so I know that's my topic for today. That's my little rant for today. It's my little thoughts for today. Uh, if you're going through burnout, hope that you're feeling better. Hope you take some time off, relax, um, do something that's, that's healthy for your mind, body, and spirit. Um, do is what, uh, Jeanette Brane would say, take a power pause. Um, and you know, may the pause be with you as she says as well. Um, so thanks for tuning in, whether you were live or you listened or watched after the fact, whatever it is, make sure to follow me on LinkedIn if you haven't done that already. I feel like it's a pretty cool thing to do. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube if you want to catch this show live, or you can do it on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and uh, also subscribe to my other podcast. It's really good. It's called Shareable Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, buy my book. Book's real good. It's called Lovable Leader. If you haven't read it yet, I'm not lying. This actually happened. Uh, I recently heard from someone that they said, I quote, it changed my life. Um, that's real. That that's a real, real quote. I wouldn't make that up. That is true. Um, this person said that that you know they read the book and there were just things in that they've been applying and it has dramatically changed their relationship with the people on their team, and um, and has really helped them feel more connected and like a better leader. So if you haven't read it yet, um, I, I encourage you to go pick up a copy. And if um, if you uh, if you can't afford a copy, reach out to me and you know I'll I'll drop you one um, because I just want more lovable leaders out there, man. You know. So I'm trying to do it's trying to do in the world. So thank you for all of your attention and or your feedback, uh, whether it's live or after the fact it means a lot to me. And I will see you next week once the baby falls asleep. Thanks for having me. <laughs>